Okay. Hey, hello, 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 hey, welcome everybody. Welcome to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. This is day five, show two. So, hello, everybody. Woo! Woo! Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, and uh, yeah, we've got a great lineup for you tonight. I'm Danny Detcher, your host. And uh, woo, thank you very much. So um, yeah, um, okay, well, let me uh, tell you a little bit about myself. Um, well, I'm a graduate of Heels Business College. Um, yep, uh, I'm losing my hair, and I collect comic books. Yes, I know you ladies out there getting all excited, but please don't rush the stage. Okay, thank you for your cooperation. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you know, they say most accidents happen in the home, and that's how I was born. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I, I don't know how old I am because my parents lost my uh, birth certificate in the, in the river. Uh, when they were putting me in the basket. Uh, yeah, but I do remember the name of the river. Uh, it was called uh, Niagara Falls. Yeah, Niagara Falls. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. <laughs> so, uh, and oh, you know, whenever I go to Starbucks, I always order eight cups of coffee because I like hearing my name. There it was. Yeah. There it was. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I live in San Francisco, and uh, oh, in my neighborhood, we got this uh, new restaurant. It's called um, Mama's Restaurant, Mama's Homestyle Restaurant. And, uh, you know, the brag is just like Mother used to make. Uh, the only problem is every few minutes, the cook comes over to your table and complains about your father. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, so, and, and you might find dentures in your meatloaf. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, oh, hey, how can you tell if someone's a vegan? Well, whenever they open their mouth, you can hear their stomach crying. <laughs> Ooh, too soon? Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, throughout world history, there have been so many book burnings that you'd think that Amazon Books can come out with a better name than Kindle and Kindle Fire. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, oh, speaking of te <coughs> technology, I, I can't wait till all the cars are self-driving cars. Um, uh, recently, they found actually they found a uh, computer glitch with the self-driving cars. Yeah, they found out that there's uh, two people in the car having an argument, and one guy tells the other guy to go to hell. Uh, the car will drive right off the cliff. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I shouldn't do that. I, want, I don't want people to think I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want people to think that I like Donald Trump. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm raising my hand like that. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, oh, by the way, did you know that um, you know that Donald Trump is actually on Twitter? Anybody know that? <clears throat> yeah, he's on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The other day, he, uh, oh yeah, he, the latest thing, he wants to ban internet porn. Yeah, great. He's going to build a firewall and make us pay for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so many investigations. Um, <clears throat> yeah, latest thing is, oh, yeah, uh, they're saying that actually Donald Trump actually may not be eligible to be president. Uh, he was born in the U.S., but his hair was born in Malaysia. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, by the way, yeah, for those on the radio, uh, you can't see. But anyway, yeah, I hurt my finger. I got a thing on here. Um, this is what happens, um, yeah, when you don't buy Girl Scout cookies. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and then the next day I found a goldfish head on my pillow. So, yeah, they're, they're, Girl Scouts are pretty rough. <clears throat> yeah, so, oh, hey, did you see, see the survey on uh, MSNBC News? It said that 62% of America's workers are having sexual relationships with someone else in the same workplace. But, so I got me thinking, man, I need to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Yeah, my uh, last job was actually pizza delivery guy, and I got fired for having a perfect driving record. Yeah, what happened was my uh, boss got suspicious, and he found out that I did not have a car. I was delivering the pizzas on the bus. <laughs> yep. So, uh, by the way, who rides a minibus? Anybody read minibus? Yeah, a lot, a lot of minibus riders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Muni's great, yeah. Uh, you know, today, actually, on Muni, I saw a young couple <clears throat> with their little baby girl, and the little baby girl said her first words on Muni. She said, uh, back door? <laughs> yeah, we say that a lot. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, recently, actually, I got myself a, uh, I actually got, I did get my a car event, uh, recently. I got me a real man's car. Yeah, I got me a big old 79 Oldsmobile, gets an estimated I don't care miles per gallon and its hood ornament is a smart car yeah and so I took my car out for a car wash and a Brazilian wax <clears throat> yeah and when I got my car back all the carpets were gone <laughs> yeah Brazilian wax <clears throat> okay <laughs> and by the way I'm also a musician <laughs> Um, I, I played um, I played music and stuff. So I, I only I don't use any of those fancy instruments like a you know piano or guitar or harmonica. My instrument of choice is number two pencil. <clears throat> okay, let's see. I'm going to play. How about uh, Beethoven classic piece Beethoven Ode to Joy. Okay. Okay, how about a little rock and roll? How about, uh, okay, how about Twisted Sister? Okay, we ain't gonna take it, all right. <laughs> and it goes on and on like that. Okay, thank you, brother. Okay, how about one more tune? Okay, name this tune, okay. Anybody know? Yeah, yeah. It's what is Jeopardy? What is Jeopardy? Correct. Yeah. What is? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, okay. I went to see this movie. I'm not sure you heard it. It's called uh, I Am Number Four. We heard it. Yeah. It's a uh, touching story about Mandarin beef over rice. Thank <clears throat> <laughs> 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 you. So I'm in the movie theater, wa you know, watching the movie, and the guy next to me starts talking on his cell phone. I tell him, excuse me, sir, can you please put your cell phone away? We're trying to watch a movie. And, and he does. He actually puts his phone away. Uh, then a few minutes later, I, I'm talking on my cell phone. And this guy says to me, hey, how come I can't talk on my cell phone and you can? And I tell him, well, that's because I am a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I got my hypocrite card right here from the Cracker Jack box. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, oh, you know, the, uh, the holidays, we recently, uh, you know, celebrated the holidays, the big holidays, so that's over. But um, during that time, it always reminds me, uh, when I was a little kid, uh, I was like 10 years old, and it was a Christmas Eve, and my parents were tucking me into bed. <clears throat> and my father says to me, Danny, my son, remember when you were eight years old, we told you there's no such thing as an Easter bunny? I go, uh, yeah. Well, my son, we know that tonight's Christmas Eve, but now that you're 10 years old, your mother and I think you're old enough now that you should know 
uh, that there is no God. <coughs> and we're Jewish. <laughs> Sorry, here's your plastic drill. I be Hanukkah and sweet dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Hope. Um, oh yeah, I mentioned I, I collect comic books. And uh, anybody go to comic book conventions? Comic book? Con nope. Yeah, I, I go try to go there to comic book conventions. Um, yeah, this year, uh, wow. You know, the, the, I went to a comic book convention downtown, and the place was so crowded that um, <clears throat> you know I didn't want to wait all day in line to get an autograph. So I came up with an idea. I went up to the front door and I yelled, "Hey, Eugene, your mother's here to pick you up." And the whole place cleared out. <laughs> yeah, only people left was uh, actually this woman dressed up like Wonder Woman. So I go up to her and tell her, hey there, Wonder Woman. Want to come over to my place and check out my comic book collection? I got a lot of issues. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and, and um, she said, well, get lost, you nerd. And told her, I can't get lost because I got my address written in my underwear. So there. Mm. <clears throat> Yeah, so, uh, <clears throat> the, hey, how about one for the kids? Hey, why do the stores at the airports always smell so clean? Because they're duty-free. <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah, uh, oh, before we get off uh, the stage, uh, just, sorry, sorry. <clears throat> just want to let you know, I am also available for birthdays. For <laughs> mitzvahs. They're also available for weddings. <laughs> Thank you. Good night, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, we got uh, a lot of great comedians coming for you tonight. Your next comedian. Let's give her Bobby Higley, everybody. Big hand for Bobby. Hey, Mutiny, how's it going? I've, wrote, I've written some jokes since I got to San Francisco, so these are new, but I don't want to do material I've done on previous shows. So let's, let's play with some of these. Let's see what you think about these new little babies. Uh, the uh, Seattle flag has good will in it. I'm fucking sick of Macklemore. Uh, what if people in the past just cured themselves of syphilis by being poor? This is like moldy, <laughs> could have been penicillin. <laughs> uh, cocaine is finally deciding where to eat and then spending 30 minutes pushing it around on your plate. <laughs> Let's see, uh, gay culture in the 1920s was being called a confirmed bachelor in your obituary. <laughs> and uh, nothing makes me more aware of my social class than flying. <laughs> Yeah, those were my new things. Let's talk about some. Uh, let's talk about some other things. I'll give you the choice: sex, drug, or rock and roll. Drugs. Okay, good. Because for rock and roll, I was gonna admit I listened to My Chemical Romance on repeat until I was 16. Okay, good. Uh, so you said drugs. Uh, so I got kicked out of my first bar uh, when I was uh, 22. Uh, I was high off my tits on Somali that was definitely meth. <laughs> Yeah, cause like it was it was it was too long, and I started stuttering, and I really only stutter on meth. Um, know your body. Uh, so uh, I went into this local gay bar, and it was like the trashiest club in Seattle. Uh, Bernice knows it, I'm sure. Yeah, that's where you go when everything else closes to get hit on by men that are trying to date rape you. Uh, it's like it's a particular place called Neighbors. 
Yeah, and gay clubs always have like a singular name like Whispers or Shame, you know? So <laughs> it's something like that. Uh, I got in through security and I tried to order a drink and the bartender asked me how I was doing and I looked him dead in the eyes and I was like, razzle dazzle. <laughs> and that was a weird night. He kicked me right the fuck out. Uh, I was going through a uh, honeymoon breakup phase is how we called it. Uh, I'd been dating this dude. It was a mistake for many years and we knew that the relationship was crumbling uh, but like the foundation of our relationship was like Adderall and IPAs. That was like what made up the building blocks of our cells over the course of that time. So we were going through this just like, last hurrah before we still have issues. Uh, and, uh, and he left and it was definitely meth because like in the morning I couldn't get my pupils to not dilate. Like they were huge, just bulbous. And I had to go to my second day of training at work. And so I'm like getting back from the light rail. I like went to the light rail, took him to the train uh, airport, took him back, whatnot, and then went into work. But before I stopped at home, because I knew that painkillers make my pupils sink. Uh, So I took quite a few painkillers and went to work high on meth and painkillers. And it was the middle of fall. And I just remember opening the doors, like somebody opened the door and this stiff breeze just rolled up my body. And I was like, welcome to Lunchbox Laboratory, (laughs) you know? And I just remember my manager being like, wow, you're so enthusiastic. You're going to be a great part of the team. It was, uh, that was a weird one. I, uh, I had a weird experience there, uh, like, a couple months later. It didn't involve drugs. It involved Girl Scouts. Uh, it was Girl Scout season, and, like, this one Girl Scout, she just, like, had my number. She was this adorable seven-year-old. Like, I'm assuming seven or eight or whatever. And, uh, and I come out after, like, weeks of having bought, like, Caramel Delight or Samosas, wherever you call them. Like, I had bought, like, one every shift because she knew I was a fucking stoner. She had, like, falcon eyes. And she came up to me once, and she was just like, she was like, hey, got something for you. You know, like, it was so cute. And I was like, what are you trying to do? Kill me? And she was like, I'm nine. (laughs) She was just really scared (laughs) because I am an intense person with crazy eyes. Yeah, as everybody else has uh, informed me. Uh, I get sad. Do you get sad here in San Francisco? Yeah. yeah. Okay, what do you like to do when you're sad? Anybody? Cry. Cry, yeah. Bottom of your shower, lights off, no music, no anything. Do you sometimes put in wax swimmers earplugs so that you can't feel anything except for the water and your tears splash onto your supple torso? Oh. <laughs> We cope differently. Um, That's fine. When I get sad, I also get curious, not just about how to kill myself in a real fun way. (laughs) My favorite idea is I want to be smothered to death while while covered in puppies while on just an exorbitant amount of ketamine. (laughs) That's how I want to go like, no, the pug puppy. Just, okay, actually. (laughs) It's fine. Is that sound on how you feel? No. Last time I got sad, I, I got curious, so I did my 23 in me. Have any of you ever done that? Your 23 in me? Yeah, yeah. I had 23 men inside of me in a month. <laughs> yeah. Turns out I'm 10% racially chlamydia, so that was fun. Has anybody here ever cried on a dick before? Yeah, yeah. What happens? What do they do? Oh, the boys. What do they do? You. <laughs> 
oh yeah i'm a big man <laughs> that's what happens every time you cry on a dick they're just like mm, yeah 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 that's mine <laughs> you know and i'm just like I, yeah i'm not uh it's not that your dick is that big i'm just that sad uh so yeah i've also cried while eating somebody's asshole before have you ever done that i think that's where we might differ uh there's one really serious benefit to crying into somebody's asshole, and it's that they cannot see it. <laughs> they cannot. You are tossing their salad, and you are dressing it with the lemon vinaigrette of Twinkie Tears <laughs> that are coming out of your sobby little face. Oh, God. I'm living my best life. Uh, this has been so much fun, San Francisco. Thank you. Baby, give her Bobby. He's yeah, he's happy. He's happy. All right then, your next comedian. Let's give for Jaron George, everybody. Big up, Jaron. Shit, I forgot about the finger, and I was I was reaching for the hand. I was like, oh no, no, no. You saw my hand like buffering. I was like, I don't want to like elbow it. I want to make sure you're safe. Yeah, man. Yeah! Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, huh? Day five! Woo! I'm having a time of my life. I hate, <laughs> I hate saying time of my life because I'll, you're like, no shit, Jared. You, you're living time, and it's your life. <laughs> Come on. I gotta, um, I left my Airbnb. Um, I'm free <laughs> from the... From the policies that was in place. Um, I made sure I don't touch the walls at all. I don't want to get a fee. There was like smudges. I don't know. I got. I took a photo of it, just like just making sure. Like it was like knocks over vase. Like, hey, Jar, what what is this? And I'm just like, nah, motherfucker, look. Airbnb, look. Don't. He's gonna charge me. Yeah, I don't want that. So, I, um, oh, I gotta stay at the airport. So. I'm going to be sleeping in the corner of um, by the gate. Um, that's a good time to be at the airport. If I ever want to come back here and I want to like ex- um, go to the express lane on the TSA, just listen to their gossip, all right? Because they just gossip. I, I stayed at Seattle one time, like late at night. You just hear them gossiping. Like I would hear this guy, Michael, working at the TSA. He's like a TSA officer. He was just like, oh, Jessica's always late. Damn, I didn't win a ploy of the month for this. Like that. I, I was like, oh, okay. You know, just hearing that. So I'm just thinking, like, if I see him again, I'm just like, hey, Michael, how's it going? I mean, Mr. Employee of the Month in June. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, man, you remember that? Go on ahead. Like, yeah, man, thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just stay late at night. That gets juicy. Just letting you know. Um,. Oh yeah, I want to tell a quick story that I, um, my first, um, any Golden State Warriors fans here? Yeah, oh, shit, okay, all right, all right, all right. Just a little um, New York Knicks fan, I'm from New York. Um, it's not about that, it was uh, me, my first time going to uh, a Portland Trailblazers game, because I'm from, um, I'm living in Portland for, been five years, and I remember um, going to my first game there. Now, in, when you're a New York Knicks fan, like, um, we don't cheer for your play, for the players, all right? We expect them to do well, like, we have high standards, <laughs> you know? We, I remember, like, when we go to see Carmelo Anthony play, like, um, my friend Roger's like, ah, Carmelo, he's a bum! He's a bum, and I'm like, dude, the season didn't even start yet, man. Like, <laughs> all right, man. Like, um, 
and the thing is, um, like when you go to the game in Madison Square Garden, you just like you just watch the game. You don't talk to anyone, right? But in, uh, when you go to the Motor Center and you watch the Trailblazers, man, everyone is just so friendly. I mean, I'm talking about middle class white people just like walking and just like, oh, Damien, Damien Lillard is gonna he's gonna do so well, like. You know, like they just they, they they had that team unity spirit. I was just like, I never seen that. I was like taking off guard. I was like, am I going to like a YMCA like youth basketball game or something? Like, everyone still got them supported. So like, um, I go and find my seat. Um, I was in section two sixteen, and um, I remember um, I had to go through it. Like me and my friend Howie were just like going through, and everyone was just like, oh hi hi. Like I'm like okay hi, just move out of the way. You know, I'm just trying to get to my seat. And um, we sat down. There was like this couple, uh, David and Jessica, I think. But like they they went and said hi to us, looking right at me. David was like, oh hi, you look new. Now, first of all, I, I feel that's racist, <laughs> just a little bit. Like, I was just like, no, I, yeah, I guess so. Oh, because I had the Yankees hat on, I guess. But um, he was just like, um, oh, what do you have in there, right? I was just like, oh, it's, it's a burger I got, a killer's burger. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you should try these chips, like guac. He's like sharing food with us, and you're just talking about his IPA and stuff. So while he was like talking, he was just like, and I introduced myself, hey, I'm Jaron. And then um, Howie doesn't say his name, he says Chris. And I'm looking at Howie like... <laughs> What the fuck? And he's like, he's like, I don't want these white people to know my name. And I was like, I was like, fair enough, how? Yeah, yeah, how he's black? Just, just FYI. And um, so, um, while David was talking to us, he, he froze and he looks down the tunnel. Um, this lady comes out with like this red afro because the Trailblazers, one of the colors is red and black. And like, she comes out and she's like, I'm here, everyone! Just like a loud, like screech, like Marge Simpson's voice. And like, she has like all the blazer stuff on, right? And then um, David, he just says like, oh, Darcy's here. And I'm like, oh, who's, who's Darcy? Go like, oh, Darcy, she's a season ticket holder. She comes to the games. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, man, is this like a character or something like that? But like, she's just like loud. And, and like, she's the captain of this goddamn section because she's just like, hey, David, how's it going, huh? Who's your new friend? And she's like pointing at me. I'm just like, oh, I am, I'm, I'm Jared. And you're like, oh, hey, Jerron. I was like, God, no, it's... Jaron, all right, hey, Jaron, like, and then um, how are you just like, yeah, I'm, and I'm Chris, <laughs> like, God damn, I should, I should have changed my name, but like the thing is, so she's just saying hi to everyone, talking her shit, so she sits down like two rows down, and um, while the game was going on, she's just sharing, she's just being loud as hell, and then we get to the second quarter. This is the best part where like um, the announcer um, starts going like, all right, we're trying to give away these Jamba Juice gift cards. Yeah, we're trying to. We're trying to see who's the loudest section. So if you're the loudest section and want to hear it, and then you're going to count three, right, one, two, three, and then Darcy's like, we're going to get a and juice. And then she's like, yeah. And then she was like getting up and everything. I was like, come on, everyone. And I'm just like, mm, yeah, I'm eating, so I'm just like, yeah. All right, man. And then, um, and then the announcer was just like, all right, we, want, um, we have the winner. We have section 115. And then she was like, God damn it, like that. Not only she was disappointed, this kid, um, um, a couple rows down, um, got, um, he was like this teenager, he just like, this section sucks, and he just like sits down. <laughs> and then Darcy was just like, Aah! and there's halftime, halftime comes up, this is the best part, where like, she was just like, all right, everyone, take a break, all right, go to the bathroom, get some food, we're in the third quarter. 
And then like, um, I guess there was another contest. So like, um, she was she was getting everyone motivated. She's going up to the kids, like toddlers and babies. She's just like, you gotta cheer, come on. It's not time to go to sleep, you gotta, come on. You gotta cheer, like lifting their arms and limbs, yeah. So like, um, everyone comes back and I was just like, man, this game is getting too hectic with this Darcy character. Third quarter comes. And then like, the announcer comes back with it. Like, all right, everyone, this is your last chance to win the Jamba Juice gift card. Who is it gonna be? And Darcy is like, it's gonna be, God damn it. Come on! And Howie's getting into it, and I'm just like, Howie, relax, man. Come on, man. This is not cool. And he was just like, man, I never had Jamba Juice before, man. I'm... And I was like, fine, man. And then, like, Darcy was like, come on, everyone! Yeah! And everyone was like, cheering, and the announcer was like, all right, we had the winning section, section 216, and we're just like, yeah! And I was like, I was like, yeah, all right. Gonna get some Jamba Juice, all right, I'm happy. But here's the thing. Um, Cheerleaders come down the aisleway, hands out the um, the gift card, so you take one, pass it down, you know, take one, pass it down. Darcy sees that teenage um, that teenager uh, kid who was just like who said this section um, this section sucks. So she goes over two rows down while the Jumbo Juice gift cards. Put her, she puts her hand down, and he's like, he doesn't get one. He didn't believe this section. <laughs> Makes eye contact uh, eye contact to the dad. It was like, and he's a bad father. Right there, and then David gets up next to me. He's like, "Darcy, not again! <laughs> Come on!" It was going great. Like this is an episode. So security comes, and then she's like, the "Security's like, Darcy, that's enough. Everyone is in on this Darcy character." Grabs Darcy, and Darcy's like, "Ah, you're weak." <laughs> <laughs> Still talking shit, and it's just like, where's my job and just gift card? And then someone talks uh, to her. So like, after that, everyone sat down, and, she, and David was like, all right, all right, well, come on, Damien, let's go. And then, um, I just want to let everyone know, um, I made like 40 Facebook friends from that game. <laughs> And I saw them at Jamba Juice um, after the game, so it was cool. All right, I'm Jaren George. Have a good night. Jaren George, all the way from Portland. He's a friend of Darcy, so <laughs> yeah. So yeah, here at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, we got people from all over the country. Your next comedian, let's give it for Ellen Doyle. Ellen Doyle, everybody. Oh my god, it's like so heavy for like how dreary it is outside. I just want to like fall asleep. I'm like, do I look suicidal right now, or is it just my voice, or is it just the weather? I like the only one person left. He's like, you're gonna kill yourself. Statistically, if I keep getting better at comedy, yes, I will. That's <laughs> guys, the dream's here. We all have a chance. <laughs> Don't follow through on it. You know, give up and get a family. Um, I don't have a family. I do have a dog, though. Uh, she is a Jack Russell Terrier. Um, she's like Snoopy. She's like Wishbone. She's precious. She murders um, a lot. She's killed um, five times, and I've owned her for 18 months. Right? But she's so cute. Like, but she murders all the time. Uh, we did. We did lizard. Whatever. Right? You know, mouse. Yeah. Get that out of my yard. Uh, bird baby bird, which I was like, I like that you're just going back for the whole family. Like, it's like, I killed your mom, so I might as well just come and kill you. Uh, the worst one was Bunny. Yeah. And she, like a serial killer, didn't finish it off. <laughs> 
She bit its ear. She bit its leg. I heard this horrific sound in a bush. I was like, Wah! I was like, what kind of animal makes that sound? Oh, it's a dying rabbit. Okay. That's what that sounds like. And my dog just like sat there like, and now we wait. <laughs> it's going to be great. And I was like, should I have to carry a shovel with me? Why are you? Yeah. So I, um, she murders, which, you know, is nice. Cause like when you own a pet, like you also get to murder. Um, I know, but like, when she's ready I'm not gonna kill her now you know what I mean like she's gonna look at me and be like hey it's time uh and I love her so much even though she is a horrific uh species that just wants to kill everything but me um but I don't like I know there's humane ways to do it uh I'm gonna drown her yeah I love her so much like I just want it to be so passionate like you are thing to me (laughs) I want to like you know snot cry you know and be like I care about you you're the best thing in my life you know it's gonna be great it's either that or just like big long lethal injection it's like take me with her because I I love her she's unconditional love you just follow that around it's like don't make me talk to people why are you doing this my, uh, my nephew, uh, when he met her, was uh, terribly jealous um, because he's eight. So <laughs> it's a good year to be jealous. Uh, but he cried when he met her. He was like, oh, it's not fair. It's not fair. You have a pet. I always wanted a pet. <laughs> I just wanted a pet. And I was like, pets are responsibility, dudes. Like, you're eight. Like, I just got this dog. I'm in my 30s. You know, like, it's like the first real responsibility I've had. And he's like, who hey, want what, what, what pet? And I was like, oh my God, like what kind of pet do you want? You know? And he's like, huh, I don't know, a goldfish? I was like, I'm sorry, you're crying over a goldfish? <laughs> That's a garbage pet. And then I was like, no, no, like every, every option with children is a learning option. So I was like, you know, fine, a goldfish is still a responsibility. How do you take care of a goldfish? And he's like, uh, I don't know, you like feed it clean its bowl, uh, check the pH balance of the water. I was like, I'm s-, right. I was like, check the pH balance of the water. It's a 72 hour responsibility. Like it is a goldfish. You win it from the carnival on Saturday. You flush it down the toilet on Tuesday. Like you have no idea how to take, you're bringing strips into this. Like you'll, <laughs> it's a waste of money. It is a goldfish. It's fine. Um, he is like a middle child. So he, uh, tells on everybody, uh, which is always any middle child here. You just telling people, no, you guys are all young, old, great. Oh, Bobby, we know you are. Okay. (laughs) I'm a middle child. Yes, you are extra. Um, (laughs) yes, you are. Someone hug him. And my nephew's the middle child. Um, he, uh, he told on my dog. Yeah, like he just wants people to get in trouble. Apparently, he comes in the kitchen. He's like, I'm sorry, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Aunt Ellen, but um, I was just in the bathroom, and since Ghost is a girl dog, she walked in on me. I'm not sure if that's inappropriate. And I was like, no, because she's a dog. So, <laughs> so no, that's fine. But then I was like, what did you want me to do in that such like, how do you reprimand a dog? You know, you rub their nose in it. I was like, what am I supposed to be like, what did she do? Get over here. Logan, pull it out. Did you look at this? Did you look at this? You get, Logan, you got to get closer so that she learns. <laughs> She's got to learn, you know? And then, and then suddenly I'm arrested, right? Like, whatever. I'm trying to make my nephew feel safe in his own home. Like, what am I supposed to do? Go to jail. That's fine. Jail will be a great place. You know, I just like... When did you guys give up? Because I think I was nihilistic, like nine, right? 10. And it's like every day you're just like, is it possible to die in your sleep? 
And it's not because I try every night. <laughs> every night I've tried for almost three decades and I'm like, I, I don't, there's got to be, there's got to be a switch that I'm not hitting. And everyone I know that has died in their sleep, um, can't ask them how because, you know, do the math, they're dead. They are dead. Uh, I was hoping that my grandmother would tell me how that's done. She's 100. She won't die. Uh, yeah, like refuses to leave. She says like garbage stuff. Like my other grandmother passed away. Uh, she was 92. And my 100-year-old grandmother at the viewing was like, I'm so sorry. So young. And I was like, go sit in the fucking corner. Like, what? Like, don't bring your arrogance here because God forgot to unplug you. You know, <laughs> like you're going to be trapped in the matrix forever. I don't know why you're so, you're cool with this. You ever see the Green Mile Grandma? Yeah. <laughs> you're stuck here. Uh, Tom Hanks. Okay. Uh, what can I leave you guys with? Oh, my grandmother did actually, uh, she, she taught me about the birds and the bees. Uh, that's a bad person to learn about that from, right? Just like a really like wrinkly, like something that you're like not sexually attracted to that. And she's like, come on over. But how she said it was, uh, Ellen, when a man loves a woman, they're hugging and they're hugging. And then the man penetrates the woman. And I was like, I gotta give out more hugs. Like, like is it that easy? Here I'm high-fiving people trying to get D. And it's just, it's just a warm embrace. All right, guys, thank you. I'm Ellen Doyle. Ellen Doyle, everybody. She's great with pets. Great with pets, yeah. All right, then. Your next comedian. Let's give it for Erickson Just, everybody. Keep going for your host and Pam and Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival and you guys for coming out and supporting local comedy. I want to assume some of you guys aren't comedians. A lot of talk about pets in the last four hours of my life, it feels like. A lot of people bring up pets. Uh, Ellen was talking about having a dog. Pam was convincing me that I should get a dog. I was like, I don't want one of those. I, don't, I was telling her because I, I, I crave love. And she's like, we should get a pet because that thing will love you all the time. I'm like, I don't like, I like conditional love. I don't want unconditional love. I want to feel like I've earned it. I want to, nothing, no, that's why I like prostitution because there's nothing like, you know, having sex with someone and be like, well, I paid for this so I know I'm getting what I asked for. Not surprised the one guy who looks like he pays for sex is the one who laughed at that. Uh, <laughs> everyone tells me to get a dog. You know what it is? Like, I always tell people, like, I'd rather have a kid than get a dog. I really would. People think I'm crazy for thinking that, but it just makes more sense investment-wise to me. Just on a money, because here's the thing, like, after 18 years, Kid might become something. Best thing a dog's gonna be after 18 years, doorstop. It's true. People do that still. Like, not so much in the coast, but you know about that? Like, it's not, it, isn't that weird? That, like, it's totally cool if your dog dies at any point in its life, if you stuff that thing and put it in a living room, nobody thinks you're a weirdo. Just sentimental. But if your kid dies, Forget keeping it in a living room. No one will even stuff it for you. People always get so uncomfortable when I bring that up. Like I have a kid. Trust me, if I had a dead kid, I'd be happy about it. I would definitely keep that. I mean, not any kid, just my dead kid. Like I would rather have a dead kid than no kid. Eight years of great memories and then just little Andrew in the corner sitting cross-legged every day. There he is, doing his math homework. Didn't do a lot of that when he was alive, but uh, 
We love to remember him as he could have been. With potential. There we go. Somebody's a dad in the audience. <laughs> no, not yet. You're getting there. We can tell. I really want a kid. Not, not to kill it. Like, I'm not going to try. I'm just saving it. I just love babies. I love the idea of having something. I get turned on by the idea of impregnating somebody. I do. Just the idea, not the actual experience of it. I did have a situation like that happen. Actually, I think I told this story earlier, but like I was, uh, I was one time, uh, I was with somebody. It had been a long time since I had been with somebody, and I got a little bit too crazy during the, uh, like, you know, the sexy talk. You know how you say crazy shit when you're in bed because you're turned on because you think it'll be kind of hot? Yeah, I see it in porn. I'm assuming people do it for real. Like, I'm assuming porn's mirroring real life, right? That's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make, give you instructions on how you do it. I always think it's funny, by the way, in pornography, when there's always a guy and a girl's like going down on him. He's like, yeah, you like that big cock? You like that big hard cock in your mouth? I, I was, I'm never that confident. I don't know if I've got a small or big one, but I, I'm, always, I'm all about like reverse psychology. If I ever were the dirty talk, a girl give me a blowjob, I'd be like, you like that small penis in your mouth? You look at that tiny little toothpick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because then I went in her head. She's like, it's not that bad. Like, that's the best I could hope for. That's, that to me is a, I feel better knowing she's at least kind of enjoying herself than disappointed. <laughs> this has been a weird set already. Me talking a lot about my sexual <laughs> predilections. You guys just looking at me like, this guy probably needs a therapist more than he needs to be doing comedy. <laughs> I was in bed with somebody and I was having like such a good time. I was getting so lost in the moment. I'll never forget. I said to her, I was like, man, this is so good. I don't even care if I knock you up. Woo! Yeah, I know. Serious shit. And I remember in my back of my mind saying like, if this girl ever calls you again, you're never coming back to New York. <laughs> like, I don't care what opportunities. Lorne Michaels himself could call you up and say, I got a job. I'm like, I'm sorry, Lorne, but I got to wait another 18 years before I can just start to <laughs> even think about crossing the Brooklyn Bridge, if you know what I mean. You don't know what I mean? I got someone knocked up, Lorne. That's what I'm saying. I imagine you've done it yourself. I was embarrassed. Um, and the funny thing is we kept in touch and sure enough, four weeks later, I swear to God, she contacts me and says, guess what, I'm pregnant. On Snapchat, which I don't know if you know how that thing works, but those conversations disappear the moment you see them. And I feel like you want evidence of this interaction. S something to show the judge when I clearly deny that this kid belongs to me. I had no idea what to say either, so I said the only thing that came to mind, which was, do you know who it belongs to? <laughs> and I swear to God, she says back to me, don't worry, it's not yours. I'm just practicing telling people so I can tell my mom. <laughs> and I gotta tell you something, that's the second time that's ever happened to me. <laughs> that's the craziest thing. That's the second time I've slept with somebody. Four weeks later, they've contacted me to let me know that they're pregnant and I'm definitely not the father. So like I just want to let you know I'm the next chapter in my life and you're definitely not going to be in it. <laughs> Man, you guys really don't like, do you guys never have a sex talk with your parents? You guys are just not ready for that yet? Is that what's going on here? A room full of people who have never had that? I had a weird sex talk. It wasn't even about sex. It was about masturbation and it was not explained well to me. I was turning 11 and this is how my mom starts the conversation. She's just giggling about something to my dad. Like, Mom, what are you getting about? I said, like, don't worry, you'll find out soon. No, what is going to happen? Well, okay, Erickson. You're getting older. I don't want to let you know your body's changing. Like, yeah, I know. I'm going to start smelling. I've got to wear deodorant. I get it. It's like, no, no, no. 
Erickson, if you keep on touching your penis a lot, white stuff will come out of it. Like out of the skin? Ah, not out of the skin, but like around the penis area. Like, I don't understand. Like, is it going to be like a cream? It's kind of like whipped cream. Can I stop it? No, it just happens. How much time, how often do I have to touch it? If you touch it too much. I wouldn't touch my penis for any reason for like about six months. Like, I would be putting on underwear like this, like, just trying so hard. Because I had no, she didn't explain to me it was a natural thing. She just says, like, this is just something that happens to men. I thought it was like, I thought it was like a male period. <laughs> like, women bleed out of their vagina every month when they get older. And men, when they get older, if they touch their penis too much, God hurts them by making, like, whipped cream in their pants in the middle of public. It wasn't until 13 that I was having sex with a pillow. And I was like, oh, shit, this is what she was talking about. Earlier, you were talking about how your father was, uh, told you God doesn't exist before Christmas Eve. My father literally ca canceled Christmas Eve. Christmas on Christmas Eve. Swear to God. I'll never forget that. We were out. It was December, and we were going to go see uh, Independence Day, which doesn't make any sense because <laughs> that's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's not a movie that I think was going to... It's a movie about July 4th. Let's bring it out December 25th. I think that's the best time for this to come out. That's why my dad says it's not true. It's like, it's not true. I don't know why he remembers Independence Day. Like, I remember this very distinctly. It was Independence Day, sold out. We could not go see a movie. Turns around, starts driving the car home. We're like, it doesn't matter. Christmas tomorrow. Santa Claus, he goes, and with one thousand goes, no, we're Jewish and Santa doesn't exist. No more Christmas. On Christmas Eve, the man clearly forgot to buy gifts and just decided, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to embarrass myself. I'll just traumatize my children. <laughs> Let them sit with that. And here's the craziest part about that. I tell that story every so often at a comedy club or like an open mic, right? And one day, a comic came up after me and said to me, hey, just so you know, you're not crazy for remembering it as Independence Day. Because it turns out that that movie in 1996 was so popular when it came out that they re-released it for Christmas release. And that's when I realized how off my dad really is. Because not only did that man cancel Christmas the day before Christmas, he wouldn't take his whole family to the biggest blockbuster of the year for six fucking months. Man was a monster. You guys have been great. Thank you so much, America. Erickson Just, everybody. Sounds like a fun family, actually. <laughs> All right, then. Your next comedian. Let's give for Andrew Murphy, everybody. Andrew Murphy. <laughs> Okay. All right. Sorry. I um, I I have to I have to be lame. I have to, I have to work from a list. Uh, I I have been away from stand up for quite a long time. Actually, I've been away for about four months. I've been shooting uh, uh my first pilot, which is very exciting. It's a big step forward for me. Yeah, I just got done filming uh my pilot for a straight eye for the straight guy. That's where I just go to other guys' houses, and I'm like, this is a cool jean jacket, dude. And he's like, fuck yeah, we look dope. And then we just talk about how we would have done the Bin Laden raid different. So, Great show. Really excited. It's already been canceled. So um, I got I to gotta work from, from a list here. Uh, I've been enjoying San Francisco. I've been really enjoying San Francisco because I'm really into bay windows. And, uh, <laughs> and this is my mecca. Uh, no, no, I, uh, 
I, I went out to Alcatraz. I went out to Alcatraz. Alcatraz is surprisingly pleasant for a government military fortress turned into a prison. Like, it's surprisingly colorful and pleasant out there. Um, while I was out there, one of the park rangers was like, yeah, I don't know if you guys know this, but migratory uh, seabirds mate for life. I'm like, I don't know. Do, do, do seagulls mate for life or can we just not tell seagulls apart? Just like, yeah, the white one with the yellow bill is fucking the white one with the yellow bill. And they are in love and they have babies together. They live here on the island. You guys don't like that joke? It's my jokes are like my babies. Some of them are fucking stupid and they're not all going to make it. Um, and I've been seeing this woman recently. I've been seeing she's a little bit older than me. I'm, uh, I'm 30 and she is a billion. Uh, which is kind of hard. It's kind of hard. Cause I'm like, Hey, where do you want to go? And she's like, I don't know. Pangea. Uh, I don't think that place is still open. You know, I think that place shut down a while ago. It's always hard. Cause we'll be talking. She'd be like, well, I dated some guys who were pretty successful. I'm like, I get it. You invent, you dated the guy who invented fire. Good for you. You know, there's been a lot of guys since then. <laughs> yeah. Politics right now. It's pretty spicy. It's pretty spicy. How are we feeling on Trump in this room? Huh? Uh, uh, all right, all right, yeah, low, low average. I'm sensing low average. Uh, people are always saying there's nothing Trump could do that would surprise them. Well, I, I don't know, man. Like, if he could dunk, I'd be pretty surprised. <laughs> you know, or even like a strong alley oop. You know, or just like, just like two threes in a row. I would be like, all right, all right. Still a little life in the old bag there, huh? All right. <laughs> All right. I, uh, Christmas was happening when I wrote this joke, uh, <laughs> but I fucking, no, I don't hate Christmas music. I actually like a lot of Christmas music. Feliz Navidad, that song fucking slaps. That guy is so excited to wish you a happy new year uh, from the bottom of his heart. But my least favorite one is Little Drummer Boy, uh, mostly because it glorifies drummers. Uh <laughs> who are all shitbags who will fuck your girlfriend if you turn your back on them. Uh, <laughs> I just mostly think of all the drummers I've ever met. I just mostly think of all the drummers I've ever met when I, when I hear Little Drummer Boy because I just imagine if you listen to the narrative of that song, they're in the stable. It's the nativity. So like the baby Jesus is wrapped in the swaddling cloths and like the, the Mary just gave birth and she's just like exhausted from giving birth and like just falling asleep, but keeping one eye on Jesus because she loves him so much. And Joseph, the father of Jesus is like, mm, what does this miracle portend? And there's the wise men and the shepherds and they're like the prophecies of yore have been fulfilled. And then this white van pulls up and this guy like opens it and starts dragging stuff out and is like is that good is that maybe up in the main a little bit yeah you just gave birth in a barn so here's a drum solo <laughs> stop pretending to be asleep yeah all right all right what else i got on here uh <laughs> I recently got out of a long-term relationship, which is wonderful. Uh, long-term relationships for me are, uh, they're always miserable because, you know, you start dating someone and within the first six months of dating someone, you pick whose house you're going to fuck at for the whole relationship. <laughs> and it's never mine because I live in houses full of garbage and losers. 
So after I, every time I get dumped, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I play guitar. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. My relationships, they're a lot like uh, third Lord of the Rings movie or Iraq war, or even the Vietnam war. They just don't know when to end. They just keep on going and I'm still losing, but I have that like determinate. I'm clinging to the edge. I'm like, we can make this work. And she's like, I don't know. I kind of hate you. And I'm like, don't worry. I don't like me that much either. You know, and we, <laughs> but uh, no, you know, Dayton, Dayton is weird. I, I went on a date with a 21 year old a while ago and I'm 30. And that was weird. I don't know. Like, I, I can't do age range stuff because it's like, what do we, we don't have any common memories. You know, I mean, she doesn't remember like 9-11. <laughs> doesn't remember the Iraq war. She doesn't remember the OJ trial. Doesn't remember the Los Angeles riots. She doesn't remember the OJ Simpson trial. She doesn't remember, you know, when we went to war with Kosovo. She doesn't remember the Rwandan genocide. She doesn't remember the North Irish troubles. She doesn't remember the collapse of the Soviet Union and all the civil wars that spawned. You know, I mean, like, what, what do we even have to talk about? She doesn't remember when Armenia went to war with Russia. She doesn't remember Chechnya. She doesn't remember the zebra murders. She doesn't remember the DC Beltway sniper. I mean, what do we even have to talk about? You know, <laughs> that joke goes on for like 15 more minutes, depending on how much you like it and how many nineties murders I can remember. <laughs> she doesn't remember the John Bonet Ramsey murder. <laughs> Woo, John Bonet. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. No, I, uh, I try to, I try to date. I try to date or as I call it, I quest for the nut. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know. Sex is weird. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not incredibly thrilled about it. In my opinion, sex is just something poor people do when there's no wrestling on TV. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, if you took all the good times I've had at water parks and divide that out by the number of times I've been to water parks, that number is higher than my sex average. Because I have had good sex, I've had bad sex, but every time I've been to a water park, it's just like boom over the fence, you know. <laughs> Like I, uh, you know, and there's, there, there's sex problems that you don't have at water parks. Like you were never about to go down a water slide and they're like, Hey man, you got to enclose your body in a latex sheath. Cause if you don't, you will be covered in bleeding pus filled sores for the rest of your life. And if you go down any other water slides, those water slides will be destroyed and you'll feel like a monster. <laughs> you know, and like there's, I don't know, like people, people, People have like religious opinions about sex, but they don't have any religious opinions about water slides. You know, they'll never be like, you about to go down that water slide? Well, I would like to notify you that this water slide is strictly for transportation. It is getting from the top to the bottom. It is the slippery bus of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, that joke goes on for another 45 minutes, but uh, my time has been called. You guys have been a wonderful crowd. Let's give it back up to your host and give it up for yourself. Thank you very much. Hey, give for Andrew Murphy, everybody. All right, ladies, he's available. Okay. Hey, great. That, that's our show. Thanks so much uh, for coming out. B you know, big hand for all the comedians for you tonight. Who ran the war? Yeah, Bobby Higley, Jaron George, Ellen Doyle, Erickson Just, and Andrew Murphy. I'm Danny Desi, your host. Uh, thanks for coming out, and uh, good night, everybody. There's lots more shows coming up, too, so good night.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is Darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF.
Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. Don't know anything about it. Sorry. <laughs> All so, on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, and Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob.
All right. Woo! Good evening, folks. My name is Dashiell Renault, and I will be your host for the next hour of this comedy extravaganza here at Mutiny Radio. Everyone excited to be here? Yeah. I had an excellent festival leading up to this, and I hope that I won't be too much of a disappointment. Uh, as you can tell right now, I am incredibly nervous, as I can't even control my pacing. I have peed at least 20 times in the last two hours in preparation for getting up here. And yes, that's probably in part a medical condition, but it's actually a great defense mechanism. I am certain that the only reason my bloodline survived so many armed conflicts is that one of us, it was like, nah, I, I gotta pee, you guys go on without me. I'm not gonna make it for this one. Um, but the reason that I'm so nervous isn't because this is my very first time ever hosting a comedy show, it, it is, but it's because I, it's very intimidating to try and perform comedy in front of such a hip crowd. Um, confession, I only very, very recently lost my fragility. I've gone the, my entire life up to this point just a repugnantly toxic little man-child and only finally now getting to the party. Are there any fragile men here in the audience? None. See, this, this is the problem with San Francisco. It's just way too hip of a city. You've got kids here losing their fragility as teenagers. And here I am coming late to the game in my 30s and if it wasn't bad enough that I'm catching up late, it was a therapist that took my fragility. <laughs> Nobody likes paying for it, especially not your first time. And if that wasn't bad enough, this was a therapist through work. That's like your boss buying you sex at a strip club. That is very humiliating. I'm not some green naval cadet at port for a fleet week or something. But um, yeah, this, the, now having gotten all the male toxicity out in me, a professional, there's no foreplay in that. She just went in and sucked it all right out and I've got a complete clean slate. But I had to find something to be a dick about because that is an important crutch of mine for comedy. I need to be an asshole. And I found that environmentalism is a wonderful, wonderful excuse for being a complete misanthrope. It's very easy to hate people if you care about the environment. Like, how many of you in the audience actually take your time that when you're out shopping, you make sure that you're buying stuff that comes in recyclable packaging on a regular basis? Anyone here? No, no one even cares. Just say, I'll clap for that. But no, 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 I don't, I don't really go out of my way. But that's the lowest level of that's the lowest level of conservation. You know, like recycling is down here. You got to reduce, reuse, and then recycle. Those are those are the cretins of the conservation movement. But the thing that's very disheartening, I learned the other day, the number one thing you can do to reduce your carbon footprint is to have one fewer child. The problem is they don't give you any instructions on how you're supposed to dispose of it. Like. <laughs> Is that like recyclable? Or are you supposed to bring it in somewhere? My son hates that joke. <laughs> but um, it really sucks to learn that, you know, having already had a kid, because I care a lot about being in the green, and it puts you so many points in the red once you've had a kid. It's very hard to make up for it. And as much as I care about the environment, there are a few luxuries I just can't let go, like warm water. I love hot showers. Anyone else like hot showers? Yeah, all day, every day, no other way to play, right? Can't give that up. And also meat, you know, meat is terrible. I, I hate that I love meat, 
but once you know you get a, a fixation for it, you can't really let it go. I try to abate that a little bit by getting the really expensive chicken. I figure that as much as I'm paying for this chicken, that's got to do something to like reduce the ecological harm. A at least this chicken went to a good college. I know that for what I paid for it, that bird went to a really good school. Not just one of those expensive schools with the fancy dorms where you just like have fun for four years. This chicken had existential thoughts before it was plucked. That's important to me. <laughs> Um, but I finally figured it out. The real way to reduce your environmental impact once you finally had a kid is I just take all these luxuries away from my son. That's how you get your outlet in this. The meat thing was easy. You know, sure, he loved meat and stuff, but he's young. He's not that experienced to it. You tell kids to be sympathetic towards animals and then boom, next thing you know, he's a sworn vegetarian. Easy. The cold showers, that was harder. It takes a really great parent to be able to just stand there and grin and bear it while your child is screaming in pain, like <laughs> crying for your help. But you just gotta persevere. You know, 20, 30 showers in, it's finally life to them. The thing you really hated though was getting neutered. That, it's, it's hard to explain to a 10 year old why you're bringing him in for a vasectomy. He hates going to the doctor now. Like, all kids hate going to the doctor. He really hates going to the doctor at this point. But that's what you got to do. That's how you make the points back. That bloodline, you know, that's been surviving so many wars ends right there. Um, all right, folks, we're going to keep it going. You ready to laugh? You ready for some amazing comedy? All right, I'm going to go ahead and bring our first comic to the stage, coming all the way up from L.A. Give it up for Miss Bama Roger. Thank you, Dashiell. I just met you. I love you already. Um, I love all of you. This has been so much fun being here. Is this the last show? Of the no, no. Well, this is my last show, and I have very much enjoyed being here in San Francisco with all of you for a fuck yes and thank you Pam for having me. Uh, I did eat one of those magic nut blobs last night and I woke up with no short-term memory whatsoever. So I did have to bring a set list. Uh, I hope that's okay. Um, it's wet. I think that's fine. Um, anyway, I am leaving tomorrow. Uh, I am kind of, I have been traveling for two weeks. So I am looking forward to getting back to, back, getting back home and starting to shit again. And, um, and, uh, so I'm broke and mentally ill, and um, I've been on the internet for about six months trying to find something that I can do for money that doesn't involve any of my holes, and uh, it has not been fruitful, and I had an experience recently that was super eye-opening. It just like really shed the light on how employable I actually am. And I, I stumbled onto this thing like in the deep depths of the, the fucking outer ring of dark web hell called, called, Amazon, called a Mechanical Turk. Do you guys know about this shit? Do you know about this shit? Who can describe it? Do you do, do you do it? Survey service for researchers. You can give surveys to people and they use oh, so you know it. You know it from the man's perspective. Okay, let me give you a little idea of what the experience was like for me. This is this is this is my Amazon fucking review. 
I was looking for something that I could do. And Amazon has this service where you can perform these tasks for like, you can perform micro tasks for like what I can only describe as micro money. Um, So you give them, you sign up and you give them your name and your address and your social security number and, you know, the diameter of your anus. And they allow you to perform a task that takes 20 minutes for which they will pay you a penny. So I tried to do one of these. I was like, okay, I'll just try one of these. I'll just try one of these. They can't be that. It can't be that hard if it pays a penny. I could not do it. I could not fucking do it. I spent 20 minutes trying to perform this task where I had to watch a car go through a video and say when it was behind a thing and when it wasn't behind a thing, it's behind a thing. No, it's not behind a thing. It's behind a thing. It's not behind a thing. I spent 20 minutes doing this fucking task and they rejected it. At which point I decided there was no reason for me to be alive whatsoever. And I would now suggest to Amazon that, you know what, if you're going to do that, I don't know what the Turk is for. I assume it means, I assume it's some reference to a Turkish prison because that's how I felt underneath my loft bed, failing at tasks that paid a penny. They should just have a drone service where you can just like one click and it'll send a drone to your house and just end your fucking life. (laughs) Fucking Amazon expire. Just click on that. You know what I mean? If you're going to take me there, finish the fucking job, Amazon. You already ruined my goddamn town. Fucking hell. Oh, shit, this is on the radio. Now, fuck it. Um... Anyway, uh, so here's the thing. Like, the broker I get, the more mentally ill I get. And I, you guys know what I'm talking about. Even the rich people are broke here. I know what's going on in San Francisco. You guys look great. You look like you're hanging tight. I am afraid to go to the doctor now because I don't... I chickened out on a pap smear a couple weeks ago because I don't want to go to the poor person doctor. Don't get me wrong. God bless the poor person doctor. <laughs> But the last time I went to the poor person doctor, it was literally like, I'm like mid-procedure and someone comes in and goes, do you have the scissors? You know, like there's, like the instruments are on your chest and there's a tongue depressor on the floor and the doctor's like drinking a Red Bull because they're stretched so thin and there's a three and a half hour wait and I chickened out. And I do all that scrappy poor person shit, you know, to cut corners like I wash my laundry in the sink and I cut my own hair, which is why I'm wearing a hat. And uh, I do all that stuff and every time, like I see a really, a really cool minimalist outfit and I go, I could make that. That's really just a pillowcase. It's just a pillowcase cut. So as I'm chickening, as I'm driving home from the Planned Parenthood appointment that I didn't go to, I was just like, you know what? Doctors Google shit all the time. How hard could it really be? Like if I, if I, if 23andMe can tell me I'm 2% finished because I spit in a tube, I could, you could make that a little bit easier. Technology is super fucking, listen, ladies, your dudes are probably really good at fixing stuff. Like, my man can build a preamp. If you're, I'm pretty sure he could figure that out. If you're, if you've got a sturdy work table and a good pair of goggles and a nice gooseneck lamp, you could figure out, you could DIY a pap smear, pretty sure. (laughs) Pretty sure you just you just watch a YouTube video. 
anyway, I'll keep working on it. I'll let you know. Follow my uh, links in bio. Um, I don't leave the house much, uh, mostly because of outfits. That's really hard for me now. I can't get, I don't like lady clothes. I don't like, I don't like high heels. I had a job one time where my boss insisted that I wear high heels and I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to help you out, but uh, unfortunately, I'm not half goat. This is a really weird time to walk in. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, my... Are you guys good? Can I help with anything? <laughs> yeah? You're all set? You're good? Okay. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to, so, but I did manage to put this together tonight, so all hope is not lost. And, um, yeah. My pants are almost a fashionable length. My, um, everything's covered. I'm not, my shirt is actually, well, my shirt is up over my ass, but I'm draped. I'm protected. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like thongs. I think thongs are the, one of the worst things that's ever happened. They impede my, pr thank you. They impede my productivity. I don't know about you. The only thing I can think when I'm wearing a thong is, is that something is touching my butthole. <laughs> and I think there's a reason that the butthole is hiding deep within the safety of the ass cheeks is because it wants to be left alone <laughs> for the most part. And I know how it feels. I know how it feels. It wants to be left alone. So um, I have not ruled out, even though I haven't found any gainful employment, I have not ruled out a possible uh, future as a hip-hop artist. And um, uh, it's just a song that I'd like to do for you guys tonight. I have no idea if this is going to work. <laughs> I'm too lazy to travel with musical instruments, so I'm just going to let the Steve Jobs Orchestra do this and I'm just gonna try and rock some Beastie Boys shit into the this just says not playing hang on so um, let, me let me just I'll just keep talking about clothes for a second you know here's what here's what you should do I'm 47 I'm 47 years thank you thank you You're just like yes go towards the light I'm going to I'm just gonna eat the donut and go towards the light all come with me. Okay. I mean, not like immediately, but you know, when it feels right. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know if this is going to work, but, uh, okay. Let's see. It's not working. Should I turn the, oh, you have to turn it up on the screen and, who's over 40? Who's over 40? Who's over 40? God in heaven. I did, I did actually make this with uh, GarageBand loops though, so I'm not, a, I'm not totally, I'm not totally stroked out. Here we go. So, okay, so you're on the phone and you're like, yeah, that sounds really fun. Oh yeah. Oh, totally, I'd love to. I'll see you there. 
I'm sleeping late again. Don't like to get up early. It looks like rain and it's a cold day in February. I put the coffee on. I takes my medication. I need at least three cups before I can have a conversation. So glad I work from home. Don't want to go out there. People are honking and canvassing and breathing my air. It's safe and warm at home. That's where I like to be. So if you're looking for someone to go out and party with you, please don't call me because I'm a shut-in. I'm a shut-in. I got my thing going on, so don't be trying to butt in. I hate talking on the phone, and I mostly want to be alone. But I hope we can still be friends. Each time my cell phone rings, I start bitching and cursing. My worst fears are confirmed. I pick it up. Yo, it's a person. Somebody want to go out and shit. Want to get dressed up all pretty. Want to go to the club and drink Cosmos like it's sex in the city. Yo, I don't do that shit. But I say yes without fail. Don't make no difference at the last minute. I'll call and bail. What they don't know is the party I'm throwing's already flowing. All I care about tonight is where the TARDIS be going, going, going. Yeah, I'm a shut-in. I'm a shut-in. I'm dancing with myself, so don't be trying to cut in. I don't like it when the music's too loud, and I have panic attacks in crowds. But I hope we can still be friends. I'll show up to your birthday party, maybe even bring a gift. While you're blowing out your candles, though, I'll pull a drift. By the time you even notice that my wily ass is gone, I'll be sitting on my sofa, get my crochet on. Listen, it's not that I don't like you. It's just that if I go out, that's going to require an outfit, and I'm going to have to try on at least three things, and they're all going to look like shit on me, and then there's parking. There's not going to be any parking. I love you, just not that much. Some say I've got a problem. Some say I'm out of touch. Yo, I literally love people. I just don't like them that much. So I turn my ringer off. Put my email to sleep. So leave a message, bitch, right after the fucking beep. I likes my PBS. I likes my meditation. I'd rather be in my special place than face a human race when they're drunk, you late. And some say I've got a problem. Some say I'm missing out. I say I don't agree, cause going out is expensive. Your staying home is free. I paused it three times, but it still basically worked. All right, that's my time. Let's give it up for Dashiell, your host. All right, one more time for Bama. Despitifying the mic. All right. Yeah, as I mentioned, I was very nervous leading up to this, so I told my coworkers that I didn't really have a set prepared, and they said, don't worry, all you need to do is just go on chat roulette and just try start telling jokes, and then you'll get a lot of great feedback. It seemed like a good idea, but now I just have a bunch of masturbation jokes. <laughs> so, <laughs> isn't it funny how we all, like suspend disbelief in our head in a minute whenever we go over to someone's house and you're in their living room and you identify like the best chair in the room you're like oh this is a great chair i'm happy to sit in this we all just remove it from our heads that someone has clearly masturbated in that chair at some point 
Like, it might not have been within the last 24 hours, but then again, it might have. Like, you, sir, you are probably got a great view of the show, but I guarantee, like, as soon as we're all out of here, Pam's going to be, like, right in, the, right in the driver's seat on that one. Um, has anyone here ever used Instagram to masturbate? Yeah, fuck yeah. See, we, we've all done this, you know. It's reasonable. Like, when the only thing you have on you is your work phone, because you're at work, you know, going number three. And... Uh, <laughs> The problem is that the Instagram model is just way too smart. You use Instagram to masturbate one time, just one time. All of the George Takei, the Onion, the Trump stuff, it's all gone. All of it replaced with your most prurient desire, stuff you never needed or wanted to know about yourself. Like, you know you were hung up on that old crush, but you didn't need to know you were that hung up, right? And you certainly don't need to see your friend's spouses in that light. And frankly, I think it should be a crime to show someone a photo of their cousin while they're masturbating. That's just, that's just wrong. Uh, no, anyway. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, th meditate on that one. I'm gonna bring up our next comic to the stage. Very, very funny lady. We heard all about her, her pet earlier, and I can't wait to hear more incredible narratives from Miss Ellen Doyle, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. Nothing like being like, is masturbating to a picture of your cousin? Guys, this next time I come on stage, um, I don't know if she has a cousin. I do. And you know what's weird is I was at my aunt's house around Christmas and his bedroom is the one that I stayed in. And I was like, if I masturbate in here, is that ancestral? Because I know he's done it like a lot. Right? That was his childhood bed. But I was like, no, I don't want to have a fucking hoof baby. Um, I don't know, <laughs> nothing, nothing lands inside this. I don't know how any of this works. It's fine, I'm like, whatever. Whatever, dying alone. Uh, my name is Ellen. I uh, am named after the girl my dad made out with in the seventh grade. Yeah, yeah. My mom's name's Karen, so it's not mom, you know? So <laughs> I'm named after a girl who's got like a real good mouth, but isn't marriage material, you know? Just <laughs> send me out there, dad, thank you. Thanks for the motivation. Um, my parents are uh, supportive of me doing whatever this is. Uh, you know, everyone's like, what do, we, what do we call that? A woman having a nervous breakdown? It's a riot. Uh, <laughs> she can't afford medication. That must be, uh, no, God. No, 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 I got it all in control. I got it all, can I have money? <laughs> See, I was joking. Unless you have like a five or something. I not know, it's like, you know what I mean? Clowning is, yeah, go ahead, check it out, check it out, check it out. Um, no, yeah, my parents are, are supportive. My dad more in like the one-armed hug, like look away, kind of like, okay, Ellen. Like, uh, my mom real supported me doing comedy, but she's, you know, a woman, so the way that she gives compliments are mean. Uh, and she told me, she was like, Ellen, I actually think you're real funny, but it's not what you say, it's your face. Like, you could have drowned me at any point, Mom. Okay? Like, if, if this is so hilarious, why did you keep feeding it, you know? Doing this for you. My face. That's not, like, I, you can't help, like, whose nuts get smashed into whose vagina and you get to call them parents. Like, that's not my choice. It's a good land on that. That was called a solid land. Exactly. I have you guys exactly where I need you. 
a little disappointed. <laughs> Can she come above it? Probably not. You know, I've been, I've been high this whole weekend. And it's funny. Thank you. Thank you, Pam. Yes. And, and you look so shocked because like, it's your first time in San Francisco. You're like, there's drugs here. <laughs> what? Where? Where? Point me in the direction. I want to see that. Uh, so, so stoned. So stoned that I'm starting to get that like weird emo depression. Like, <laughs> I'm like, maybe you should just, I don't know, color. <laughs> Bring some life back. Um, I was very successful at a young age, though. That's how uh, this child star has ended up here. I did work at, <laughs> she's like, I don't know where the fuck you're from. Um, oh, yeah, we're going to talk talent show. Did you do a little song and dance number in a talent show? No, bitch, I worked at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, I made children's birthday parties memorable. I did that. I gave back to the community. Yes, I was a singer and dancer for children's birthday parties. Thank you. Pretty fabulous. I don't even want to start singing happy birthday because I don't know who owns the rights. Uh, no, no one does. It's not. Yes, I was a singer and dancer for children's birthday parties, and I was so good, guys. So good at singing and dancing that one day they asked me to be Chuck E. Cheese himself. Okay? Yeah, right? He is the CEO. Okay? He's the big cheese. You know, like I was like, what? I remember standing in that dressing room, you know, looking at myself in the mirror, Chucky head under my arm, just like, holy shit, Ellen, a woman in a power position. <laughs> You're shattering the glass ceiling. <laughs> Mr. Cheese, if you're ready, I'm about to be inside you. Yeah, drink that down. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, mascot law, but there is a law. Uh, yeah, I, I am teaching you so much. This is like a TED Talk just for you, and everyone else is like, why is it funny? Um, <laughs> I didn't know anything about Chuck E. Cheese. This other pizza blows. Um, yeah, you can't talk in a mascot costume. It's all gestures. Like, you know, you're not, you don't want to ruin the flavor of gigantic mouse. You know, don't ruin that. Uh, so it's just like thumbs up, you know, like waves, <laughs> hugging. Like, I'm, you know, solid. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to brag. I went to school for dance, guys. There's a lot of wasted money in my life. Yeah, uh, so yeah, so I remember like just coming out being so pumped, like being like, oh my God, I'm like an awesome mouse, right? Like, look at that thumb up skill. That guy's like, yeah, no, I got it. Yeah, no, it felt good. He get, yeah. Doubles? Good for you, man. I remember walking over to this birthday party that I was supposed to entertain, just like pumped, like, come to me, children. Come to your Chuck E. Cheese. You know, <laughs> like, I am your birthday messiah! <laughs> and they heard my calls, right? Ran over to me and immediately started beating the shit out of me. Like, not, didn't even miss me, like, ran over, like, you know, they're kicking me in the shin. They punched my chest. They spun my Chucky head around. You know, the whole time I was like, wave, thumbs up, uh, take pictures. You are a pro, stay in character. Uh, and I did. I took a beating. I took a massive beating. Um, you know, and I'm trying to feel my way back to the kitchen. Honestly, I mean, I should have just, like, taken the head off and been like, he's fake! <laughs> you ruined my children, I ruined yours, Chuck E. Cheese, and nothing but a 15-year-old girl on minimum wage. Also, happy birthday, Brian, from all this. At Chuck E. Cheese, it's just, it's, we're so happy you're, you're spending your day here. But no, I took a beating because I'm a professional entertainer, and that's what happens to us. Tip, you know, tip, five dollars. Um, then I went back to the kitchen, I took the head off, and I was like, oh my god, guys, I'm so sorry to mislead you, but I am not management material, so I'm gonna get out of the fursuit. You know, and they're like, Ellen, what are you doing? You're killing it out there. I'm like, really? Because I just got beat up by a bunch of 10-year-old boys. So, you know, it was pretty rough. And they're like, yeah, because it's Chuck E. Cheese, where a kid could be a kid. And I was like, right, that's your slogan. Fucking, 
I thought it was where a kid could be the victim of a vicious hate crime, you know? But I guess whatever you guys feel like doing in that ball pit. But you have to be out there for happy birthday is the problem. So they send me back, you know? I mean, there's probably blood in the suit and they're just like, get out there, you're 15, your mom picks you up from work, you're trapped here. So I go back out, traumatized at this point, have to go back for happy birthday. If you get beat up in a mouse costume, and adults watch and do nothing, they then try to like ease the pain, like you're just sadly trudging back over like little jazz hand wave, and they're like, oh boys, Chucky's back. Chucky Cheese is back, can we say hi to Chucky? Hi Chucky Cheese, it's just like, ma'am, please don't patronize me right now, (laughs) this is the worst. I am wearing a mouse costume that your children think is a gimp suit, okay? (laughs) Like, I think I've been through enough, you know? Of course, there's always like some dad that was like all proud of me being like, oh my God, there's a tough mouse in there, right? <laughs> Old slugger, who's in that? It's like, sir, I'd rather be a stripper at your birthday party. This would be way less traumatic than what I just experienced, okay? I mean, to this day, happy birthday still gives me PTSD. You know, it's like, why is Ellen always leaving the room during happy birthday? It's like, you didn't hear, man? She was in Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, back in 99, two tours, you know? <laughs> like, I had no... No idea she went through that, yeah. I know what it looks like at the bottom of a ball fit. Yeah, she's like, I don't, it's disgusting. Use, use band-aids of things that are just not relevant. That's what bothers me. It was like 1999, people are like, Captain Planet, Care Bears. I'm like, this hasn't been on TV in years, guys. Like, who's, who's still buying these band-aids? When's the last time we've been down here? I don't want to be there, yeah. I, uh, I do go to therapy. A comedian in therapy from LA. <laughs> I know, guys, we're only allowed to all do the same thing. Uh, <laughs> what's your path to success? Get a therapist, and then we'll see if you can get representation. You're in Los Angeles. Um, so, yeah. so, I went, so I'm on the path to success. I pay someone $100 a week to cry to. Um, it's, a, it's a 9 p.m. Monday night therapy appointment. 9 p.m., right? That is too late for help. Like, it's just, right? 9 to 10, 10.30, depending on how long I cry for. And I'm like, oh, do I have daddy issues? And she's like, Ellen, it's 9 p.m. Like, you put a code in the door to gain access to the building. Like, there's someone emptying trash cans outside. Like, yeah, you probably have daddy issues, you know, among every other one. I'm like, you know, she's like, take off your top. Tell me about your mom. Stay a while. Let's practice kissing. You know, it's therapy. It's, it's, so, it's so easy to get through your problems. You want a girlfriend? You want a boyfriend? I'm like, let's just move in together, Stacy. Um, I, rec- I don't recommend therapy. If you guys have extra money, maybe just like take yourself out to dinner <laughs> or drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I think of like every time my card like swipes and I'm just like, why should I have just gotten drunk and forgotten that that ever even happened to me? <laughs> like, I was raised Irish Catholic. Like, I don't know why I'm like, let me tell somebody what's wrong. Because my family's like, we don't talk about this ever. <laughs> we just act like it didn't happen. No, dad wasn't drunk your entire life. We're like, what? And they're like, I don't know. We all like him now. I'm like, I do like him. Oh, all right. That's mean. Um, yeah, I, uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine who was telling me that, uh, he's like, Ellen, you know when you're sitting at your home in comfy clothes, like eating ice cream, like right out of the container, just chilling? And I was like, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, like I've never, chilling. I was like, women don't chill, right? You don't chill. We sob. (laughs) If if I have a container of ice cream and sweatpants, I'm just bawling into Haagen-Dazs, you know? Just a moment to myself. I'm like, what was that thing I was upset about three years ago? (laughs) Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. (laughs) 
is about my friend Rebecca in the sixth grade and we stopped being friends and I just want to call her. We don't have her phone number, I only have her parents' phone number. And her parents moved to Connecticut and I've never been to Connecticut so I wouldn't know what any of the street names are called. You know, a good old lady, irrational, ugly cry, like, yeah, you just get lost in it. Women actually have conversations with each other like, oh, I was so stressed out. The other night I just came home, cried myself to sleep. And we don't go, what's wrong? What's up? We're like, nice. Oh, not yeah. <laughs> that is a very relaxing Tuesday, yeah. I'm kind of jealous because I'm sad. I just, I'm busy. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I want to cry, but I can't get it out. I just got shit to do. I'm jealous of you. Yeah. You ain't when like you're doing that irrational cry and then rational thought lurks in. And you're like, am I crying about the geography of Connecticut? You know, <laughs> what the fuck am I? Yep, go with it. That's where you're at now. Okay, so, so maybe the streets are named after presidents or maybe they're named after trees because maybe it's Elm Street because there used to be elms there but they cut them down to build Rebecca's mom's house. <laughs> Chillin'. If you text me, Ellen, what are you doing? And I respond with nothing, just chilling. Like, I've been listening to Elliot Smith and playing solitaire for the past 14 hours. Like, get over to my house, help me put pants on, get me back in the world, okay? That is a red flag. I as a cry for help. I'm just chilling, like, oh, Ellen's going to the ER. <laughs> She's cutting again. I don't do that, guys. I'll, I'll prove it. It doesn't matter. Fuck off, Ellen. Okay. Sometimes you just got to pull yourself out of yourself, right? What is your name? I like it, Cass. Are you having a good time? Good, good. Is this, is this awkward? No, would you talk to me afterwards? Where do you live? <laughs> I'll swap numbers, <laughs> swap the old Instas, like each other's food photos, like I don't know. <laughs> How do we connect in 2019? We don't, we don't anymore. Um, I, uh, I'm originally an East Coaster, and I uh, have been out West for about seven years, and the good vibes out here, guys. <laughs> I had to go home for the winter because I was saying shit like, do you want to get a juice? <laughs> and I'm like, my family would hurt me. I have to, <laughs> I went home for the winter to get beaten back into me. Uh, so like, be hateful. I also, um, what I really like doing this time of year, like in, in most like winters, is I don't know if you guys do this, but like you, you kind of just like stare out the window, you get lost in thought. And then you're like, all of my loved ones are going to die. And then you start to pick the order that you want them to go in. <laughs> no? Is that just an East Coast pastime? Okay. Because mine's my grandmother because she's too old. Like, you got to go. You know? <laughs> and then it's all aunts and uncles. And only because I don't want to have that weird conversation, like at my mom's funeral, and someone's like, hey, should I stand next to you? Because, like, she's my sister. I'm like, I don't care who she was, Diane. Like, <laughs> she's my mom. Why don't you go move the flower arrangements around? Like, <laughs> she, I came from her, okay? You guys just, like, knew each other your entire life. Like, I don't know who's winning here. You got to get rid of them first. Oh, super sad. Um, yeah, I miss the holidays. The holidays is suicide season. We made it through. If you guys have gotten to this point, uh, you know, we'll see you around Christmas because <laughs> December to like January 31st, oh my God, it just thins out. It feels great to kind of look around the room. You're just like, one of you isn't going to be here next year. Like, you know, opportunities just start to open. I know, am I an asshole? Cass likes me. Thanks, guys. I'm Ellen Doyle. <laughs> Been going for Ellen Doyle, morbid. 
I was hoping she would make things more of it as a good like segue into this. You know how like the debate du jour these days is late term abortion. Just like everybody loves late term abortion. Let's get on the bandwagon and just love talking about late term abortion. Bob is there with me. But uh, what, what gets me is a lot of people are upset because a lot of the same people who are upset about late term abortion are the same people who are happy for ICE to just like grab kids away from their parents and then put them in a cell and let them starve to death. And But that I understand. I understand the cognitive dissonance that goes into that. It's Christianity. You know, Christians, they just, they just work a little differently. But... The thing that gets me is a lot of these people who are complaining about late-term abortion are the same people who are proclaiming that life begins at conception. Now that is just way too illogical. If you feel that life begins in ex- as, at conception, then you have no right to complain any differently about the morning after pill or a school shooting. Those things should be, should be the same to you. <laughs> I got an O, okay? Untested material. That's an, that's an O. That's an O joke. That's not a ha-ha-ha. <laughs> but to keep it on politics, we live in an amazing country in that people really love politics here, and they love to get really animated around election season. We just had an election, and already we're just super excited for the next one. And the thing that everybody loves to say we're just we're so stoked we just we just can't wait for you know four more years um but what gets me is everyone comes out and they love to say everyone go out and vote go out and vote i want you to vote go vote but what they really mean is go out and vote for the person i want you to vote for no one's happy when people go out and vote the way that you didn't ask them to go out and vote there's absolutely no decorum once people lose in politics can you imagine if like you're at your kid's little league game and they lose and you're like, fuck you, not our regional champion, you know? And, 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 but that's exactly how we are around politics. Not one of you came out to shake the KKK's hand when they went into 2016. That was a really big upset victory for them. They went into that a real underdog and just, you know, there's giving them no credit. Uh, any baseball fans here in the audience? Yeah, you like some baseball? Yeah, let's lighten things up a little bit. I, I want to like baseball. It seems like an amazing sport. I used to play it as a kid and stuff. But I can't get past the gratuitous, graphic, gay sex imagery that's just pervasive across baseball. I mean, every single baseball term started as a gay sex term. Pitchers, catchers, tops, bottoms, innings, dodgers, cardinals, now, that was definitely a gay sex term before it was a baseball term. Catholic priests have been touching boys long before baseball. I mean, baseball's old, but that's really old, you know? And it doesn't stop there. You've got um, switch hitters, bat boys, bullpens, double headers. I mean, like, where do they get this stuff? Do you, like, you don't call a quarterback a tosser. They knew that. They were like, we can't, we can't call them a tosser. Yeah, see, they, they, they knew better. But um, I, I still try to get behind it. I, I, I'm not that you know, sensitive to these things. <laughs> oh, I didn't even catch that. Um, but, but where I draw the line, like my comfort level for, for like graphically gay stuff, like drag shows. I, I can enjoy drag shows. Anyone here go to drag shows? Not really. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the reason they're called drag shows is that everyone in the audience has been dragged there against their will. <laughs> it's like, let's go out and see Dave, you know, lip sync again, it's, be supportive. And it's not like I don't love the Dirty Dancing soundtrack just as much as the next guy. 
It's just every single drag show I've ever been to without fail has started with someone on the stage saying, all right, now where are all the straight men in the audience? First off, it's like, look at me. Seriously, like San Francisco, this beer gut, I don't think so. Like clearly, yes, you were talking about me. But moreover, how rude is that? Do you know how freaked out people would be if a country musician was to go up and start their set saying, all right, folks, welcome out now. Now, where are all the homosexuals out in the audience? Let me see your hands. I want to make sure you all feel comfortable now. Now, no, no, come on now, stand up. Let's, let's, let's make sure we know where the homosexuals are at so you all enjoying the show just like the rest of us, folks. All right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's absurd, isn't it? All right, folks. Well, I can't wait to bring up our final comic for the evening, or at least for this hour, Mr. Jasper Wang, coming all the way from New York City. Very funny man. Give it a big round of applause. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. Give it up one more time for your host, Dash. So fun fact about me, uh, I was born in China is a lie I tell when I want to make jokes about China. <laughs> uh, I do speak, I was born in New York, I do speak a little bit of Mandarin Chinese. Uh, I have the vocabulary of maybe a 10-year-old kid in China, but not like one of those smart 10-year-olds who already knows calculus. I have the vocabulary of a child factory worker who can only count to 10 because he's worked in that many versions of the iPhone. <laughs> uh, I was born in New York, still living in uh, Bama, you're into it. Some of you over here are like, oh, like, are you sad that I, I, I reminded you of it or that it happens? Uh, born in New York, live in New York uh, in the East Village, which is near the NYU campus. Uh, so I get to enjoy all this great food and art and culture. But I also have to overhear a lot of dumbass conversations between 21 year olds. I was on one Saturday night. I was walking past this long line at a club. Uh, me, I was coming home from Whole Foods because I wanted to spend my Saturday making a chicken salad for lunch for the next week. <laughs> but I'm walking past this club and there's a long line and I overhear this guy say to his friend, bro, if a place doesn't have a line, it's not even worth getting into. <laughs> and I felt like a supervillain meeting his arch nemesis for the first time in a superhero origin story. You! are my exact opposite in every possible way, and I will make it my life's mission to destroy you. <laughs> this kid liked long lines. I think what happened was when he was a kid, he went to Disneyland, and his parents didn't want to pay for Fast Pass, so they just told him, honey, the longer you wait in line, the more fun you're gonna have on the ride. <laughs> and he just took that as a life motto. <laughs> the first time he went to the DMV, just, oh shit, this place is dope. If I had just smacked him upside the head like I wanted to, maybe he would have gone to the emergency room, just waited all night, been like, oh, the trauma doctors here are the best in the country. <laughs> uh, I am in my 30s, so in addition to making chicken salad, I do a lot of fun stuff on the weekends. Uh, I recently went to a baby shower in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, I was catching up with a guy I went to high school with. Uh, to be polite, I asked him, so what's new in the world of New Jersey municipal litigation law? <laughs> I guess I was not being polite, I was being a dick about it. <laughs> but then he said, uh, actually, I just got done defending the superintendent pooper. Has anybody heard about the superintendent pooper? Okay, so at a local high school in New Jersey, uh, they kept finding human feces on the track and field in the mornings. So they set up a camera to catch the culprit, and the very next morning, 
they caught the superintendent of their rival high school just building a log cabin out there on the football field. <laughs> and so he was arrested and found guilty, but only for that one day. All the previous days he was found innocent, uh, they went with the brilliant legal defense of, it only happened one time. They said, this is all true, they said uh, it was his first day running on that track, uh, and he got a case of runner's diarrhea, which is now a legally admissible medical condition, <laughs> and he just had to go. Uh, and he does not know who was pooping there before that day. <laughs> he doesn't know why the pooping stopped after he got arrested. All he knows is that he went number two one time. And a jury found this compelling and he got off with just a $500 fine. It only happened one time is the preferred defense of cheaters and domestic abusers and premature ejaculators everywhere. <laughs> that is not good company, my man. One guy I kind of feel bad for is like the class clown at the superintendent's high school. Cause you know there's some doofus who's just planning the most epic senior prank and it was all for nothing. Oh, you thought you were gonna toilet paper the locker room? Your superintendent used a football field as a toilet. It's simple, it's elegant. Go home, man, you're writing against Hemingway here. Uh, I live in New York, relatively speaking, really good place to be a minority. Uh, the sort of racism I face most days is very gentle. My fiance is white, and for whatever reason, people just don't think we're together. Like, we'll walk into a restaurant and the host will say, oh, good evening, can I offer you a table for one and another table for one? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, miss, did you wanna sit with your SAT tutor? <laughs> your dermatologist? I'm sorry, I don't really know what this relationship here is exactly. It's actually worse than other countries. Uh, we were in Europe last summer uh, at a bar. A very drunk woman tapped my fiance on the shoulder and said, uh, your boyfriend, he is how you say. <laughs> it's like, lady, you didn't even how you say, say anything. <laughs> but if you had, I mean, that's not even a good conversation starter. That's just a statement of fact. Like the sky is blue, this man is Asian. If you're gonna be racist, at least bring your own point of view about it. Uh, one argument my fiance and I get into occasionally is whether our kids should have hyphenated last names. So she hates this idea, says it'll sound pretentious. Uh, but me, I think a lot of people find Asian last names to be boring and I'd rather be pretentious than boring. Like if I told you uh, that someone was coming in to interview at your office for a job and her name is Sarah Wang. A lot of people in their heads, they have a picture of Sarah Wang already. They went to high school with Sarah Wang. She played the clarinet. She did academic decathlon. She hung out mostly with other Asian girls, some of whom were also named Sarah Wang. She went to Rutgers and started to be a pharmacist. Is the West Coast, there, there's gotta be a West Coast, like UCSF. Like she went to UCSF to study to be a pharmacist. What's she interviewing for here? We're not a pharmacy. But if I told you her name was Sarah Wang Leibowitz, oh, she sounds exotic. You would believe anything about Sarah Wang Leibowitz. Both her parents were anthropologists, so she grew up among the gorillas. She was a ballerina in Paris. 
At age 13, she started doing cocaine. But at age 15, she got clean. She went to rehab. <laughs> Sarah Wang Leibowitz. She could be interviewing to be CEO tomorrow. You don't know. It's 2019. A woman can be CEO. If she's at least 50% white. Uh, and if our kids have hyphenated last names, it's more likely they could hang out with the Zuckerberg kids. The Wang Leibowitzes, the Chan Zuckerbergs. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, that man is a better Chinese person than I will ever be. <laughs> Think about it. He went to Harvard. He studied computer science. He married a Chinese woman. He takes Chinese language classes as an adult. He undermined American democracy so China could emerge as the world's one remaining superpower. <laughs> He's doing a lot for the Chinese cause. <laughs> Fucking Facebook. Uh, my fiance does not have a Facebook account, and she doesn't even like it when I post stuff about us on social media. So what that means is, um, I must have Facebook friends who I have not seen since middle school, and they believe uh, that I have made up another fake girlfriend. <laughs> I also met this one at sleepaway camp. Uh, when we got engaged, I went to go update my Facebook relationship status, uh, but I didn't have a profile to link to, and I wasn't allowed to post a photo. So my Facebook just says, Jasper is engaged, period. <laughs> you can finish that sentence however you want. Jasper is engaged in his work. Jasper is engaged politically. Jasper is engaged in a sword fight to the death. It all seems plausible. Uh, now that we're engaged, it's time to plan a wedding, and weddings are these wonderful opportunities to bring together your closest friends and family so they can talk shit about your wedding. <laughs> Before I started going to weddings, I didn't know what the word tacky meant. Uh, but now I understand. It's an adjective you can describe, used to describe any word found at a wedding. <laughs> Dresses, suits, DJs, bands, placemats, name cards, brunch, lunch, dinner, cake. Any, it's, it, it's the old saying, tackiness is in the eye of the beholder. And there might be people no, okay, I was gonna say, there might be people here where I've been to your wedding, and of course, no one talks shit about that. But like, no one here, so yes, we talk shit about everybody's weddings. <laughs> uh, and weddings are the only big life event where uh, people feel totally comfortable being judgmental assholes the whole time. Nobody's ever walked out of a funeral and been like, oh my God, did you see how gaudy that casket was? And I cannot believe the mother of the widow was also wearing black. Some people just have no class. Uh, my fiance, uh, you know, I don't want to do like my wife is crazy jokes because she's not and I love her and she's sitting right there So that would be awkward uh, But I do want to tell you uh, I want to wrap up tell you one uh, crazy thing that she does do uh, Which is uh, sometimes we'll be getting rid of her bed and then we'll turn off the light get into bed I'm most of the way asleep and then she'll go. I have a question Okay, I mean there's only two of us here. You can just ask your question like, I'm not your high school English teacher. You don't, I don't need to acknowledge you before you start talking. Okay, my question is, would you be sad if I died? <laughs> it is the sexiest of pillow talk. Um, yes, of course I would be sad if you died. That's good. I have a follow-up question. <laughs> if I died, how long would you wait before you started dating again? Now, you guys are all smarter than I am, so you know that this is a trap. But the first time she asked it, I answered earnestly. I was like, I don't know, like 18 months, maybe, something like that. <laughs> she did not like that. 
wow, 18 months, really? Okay, 18 months, wow. Now at this point, I know my answer is wrong, but I have no idea still how close I am to the right answer. Like I felt like the dumb kid in school where you say something and everyone else reacts like you're an idiot, but you're still not sure what direction you're wrong in. Hey, how many US presidents have there been? I don't know, like 100? What, are you serious? Uh, sorry, like 500? <laughs> can you just please tell me what the right answer is so I can go back to sleep? <laughs> Thanks so much, everyone. <laughs> oh, keep it going for Jasper Wang. What an hour of comedy. Well, folks, I'm glad that you had three amazing comics to stand up here to tell you jokes so that you didn't just have to deal with my crap. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for coming out. I'm, glad, I'm so delighted we stocked every seat. This is awesome. Stick around because we've got two more incredible shows coming up to close out the last of this wonderful festival. And yeah, stick around and enjoy it. Cheers. <laughs> of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is Darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. 
counteroffer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counteroffer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have Hey everybody, thanks so much for being here. We have to empty the house for a minute to figure out who's a part of the next house. Uh, we've got a couple minutes here, uh, so we want to make sure that the people from the next show can come in and get their seats and figure out who's who. But you are totally welcome to stay for the next show. Uh, give us money, because Mutiny Radio is a tiny, tiny shoestring thing that just wants all of your money money because we need it and uh, come back or go up to Asiento they have happy hour pricing all night long go up there and support our sponsors but support us mutiny radio come in for our show tonight here it is at eight o'clock coming up two minutes yes and struggles and challenges and we'll also have guests come in and share their stories and hopefully through all this we can expand our view or your view yes and there'll be plenty of dick jokes so don't worry it's not always going to be heavy yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. Don't know anything <laughs> about it. Sorry. All so, on my limited view. Yes. Every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah. And Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God. There's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your review. Yes. Bye. Bye. That, was, that kind of sucked balls. Good 
evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry.